This is Adventist World Radio Ghana, Voice of Hope. We are glad you are listening to us once again. On today's menu, we have for you the heart of the church, good music, taxido, and present truth. It's time for the segment, The Heart of the Church. Hello, dear friend. You are welcome once again to your program, The Heart of the Church, where we study in depth into God's Word. This season, we are looking at interpreting the scripture. And for this week, the theme has been that the scripture is unique. So we are looking at the uniqueness of scripture. And as always, my friends here have been helping me with this study. They are Gloria Osebafo, Frank Pokubwahe. Welcome once again. Thank you. So before we delve in, as we usually do, we'll ask Frank to pray with us. Shall we pray? Our most high God, as we are about studying this, we commit ourselves unto you. May you grant us understanding from on high in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 The transforming power of the word. You know we have said somewhere that the word is actually Christ, which we learned uh, earlier on. But let's look at its transforming power. And I just want us to go straight into the into the study. Uncle Frank, can you tell us something about the transforming power of the word? Our lesson study has given us Second Kings chapter twenty-two, verse three to twenty, where the king Josiah, when he heard the writings of the law, he tore his clothes. The question is, what made him tear his clothes? Now, this is an aspect of the transforming power of the word of God. What is in the word of God that made him tear his clothes apart? The word of God is powerful. It has power to change lives. And that is what we see in the word of God which made the king <coughs> to tear his clothes apart. Now, it is not just about the father he tore his clothes. The word of God is able to convict us it is able to convince and it is able to convert. And it is the aspect of the conversion that we see in the king's attitude. So for the king, when he read all, all those things were read into his hearing, he was moved. And for that matter, he took that action. What about us? If we hear the word of God, because of the power in the word of God, it should be in a position to change our lives. And that is the transforming power of the word of God. One of my friends, Selassie, he said, if you want to really understand the Bible and how it changes people, begin to read the Bible. If you read it, you yourself, you realize that you are changing. And so for the word of God, it is powerful and it transforms lives. Amen. With the transforming aspect that is transforming lives, because you mentioned Josiah, but let's come practically to us. How does it transform our lives? And uh, Sister, De Sister Gloria, please help us with us. Transforming the Bible, transforming our lives. Recently, this Christmas, um, there's a group with young guys, they went on evangelism in one of these mining areas, Galamse areas. And even they were surprised. 
by the word of God being spoken. They had the the leader, the gang that they have this um, armed robbery gang. They said the guy brought out his gun. He sent them to his we we um, zone where those people are, and after preaching the word of God to them, they had some just quenching the fire off the lighted uh, Mariana mm -hmm. that they were smoking. Then that is the power in the word of God. It transforms you from one state to the other, and it is the word of God that can cause a change. You see, if but that change that can transform that change that the word causes has to do with what's the spirit it is only the spirit that causes that transformation without it the word of god can could be like any printed word any printed uh, copy to us but when we allow the spirit to interpret god's word to us there is transformation uh from the memory verse we realize that we are told from psalm 119 105 that the, your word is a lamp to my feet the word as a tangible item is a lamp mm -hmm. right but as a lamp what does a lamp do it transcends that light onto our path so if we have the word of god that unique nature of the word of god that makes it unique from every other book is that it has the power to transform it's not just a lamp but it sheds its light and if we have the word in us there is evidence of it in our lives thank you so much and uh, we are coming to the end and uh, I would have wished we read one, but it talks about um, that is his spirit leading us into all truth, as you said, from John chapter 16, verse 13. And I'll urge you, my, my dear friend out there, let the Holy Spirit lead you into all truth so that the Bible then would become a transforming power as we have spoken to you. We'll be coming your way tomorrow with the summary of all we've been doing for this week that is tomorrow friday and uh, it's our prayer that as you learn you'll be transformed by god's power our sister will pray with us as we close the study father in heaven we thank you for your word this day we thank you for this sure word to us that your word will transform us from whichever state in which we find ourselves father we need this transformation please transform us with your words in jesus name amen amen It's now time for Taxido. Welcome to another edition of Taxido. Uh, welcome you guys back again. And as I said, this program is strictly about men, where we discuss issues concerning the men. The last time we met, we were talking about the Christian father, and I remember we were able to exhaust all the questions under it. So we're going to take another opportunity and then go further into details what really is to be a Christian father and being the head of the family. I remember the last time we met, we were uh, we discussed issues, um, what uh, like being the head of the family. What does it really mean about being the head of the family? And then we elaborated on imitating Christ. So today, I still have with me the noble gentleman that we we met the, the last time again. It's always an honor to have you guys around here. It's really lovely. Thank you. And you guys look handsome as always. Look at you. Okay, so uh, what we have? We have Mr. Ben. Yeah. Yeah, Bernard. Bernard. Great, and Mr. Lambert. Sure. I think we should, we should, we should add our surname this time. I, I just mentioned the first name. That is not a problem. So, Mr. Bernard. Uh, Oshu Ansa. Ansa, and then. Okay, I'm also Mr. Lambert Kopon. Kopon. Jechi Thomas. Mr. Jechi Thomas, and I'm always your host, Nana Yao Abuaj. You can call me ABG for short. Okay. So let's delve into the shoes one more time. 
Okay. Now, so let's take it from here. I want to know the impact. You know, as a Christian father, what um, impact um, do you have on your family? Alright, Tom. Okay, being a Christian father, being a father, you are like a role model to the family. Anything that you do, the children look up to you, either good or bad. So, the effects of your lifestyle, either good or bad, will affect the family. Okay. Because every the, the home is seen as the first school, the first place the child learns to talk, learns everything. Okay. So, anything that you do as a father, the child learns from you. So the duty of the father to put up a good behavior. If you're a drunker, it will be uh, it, 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 it is likely that uh, yeah, God. There's another day that goes the the crowd on the father's bed. Mm-hmm. Um, so being a good being a father, the children will learn from you. They learn from modulation, imitation. They imitate your lifestyle. They see all that you do to be a good thing. Mm-hmm. So anything that you do, they will like. They will, they will like to learn or imitate it or modulate it. Yeah. So. Your lifestyle as a father yeah. will have a grave impact on your, on your children. children. And the family as a whole. Hmm. So if I'm a father and then I like hating my wife? Totally. So it means the time will come that you see your children beating their wives. But they see it to be normal. Or fighting. Yeah. You see it to be normal to fight a lady. Oh, daddy, that's it. Sir. Oh, that was, so I'm also doing it because <laughs> I'm learning from my father. <laughs> I want to be like my father, so I'll do the same thing. Yeah. Uh, that's a lot. Hmm. Okay, so in, in that sense, okay, then let's look at my responsibilities as a Christian father. What am I supposed to do? I mean, sleep, wake up, and then do what? Oh, thank you very much. Um, Christian father, your responsibility has to do, as, as we discussed in the first episode, yeah, had to do with you bringing the entire family to Christ sure. and then to God. That, Making, is that is the first and foremost and greatest responsibility. Right. Yeah. And making sure that your uh, your family, your home, is just a smaller heaven on earth. Mm. If your children are also able to go out and exhibit same, you realize that our whole world, our community will be of love, unity, and peace. But uh, before I attack on the responsibility. I want us to look at Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, but in just a summary form. All scripture is God's breath and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Exactly. And that is one of the foremost responsibility of a father. You are supposed to teach your kids, rebuke your kids, train your kids, and also to teach them what is right. That is exactly what you're supposed to do. These kids, if they emulate you, the father, obviously when they step outside the home, they are just going to do exactly as taught in the home. And they will make sure that righteousness, being at peace with each other, is also sent outside there. Um, the father also is supposed to let's look at Proverbs chapter 22 verse 6 it says train a child the way he should go that when he grows he will never depart from it so train your kid let the children let mom and the children know that we are supposed to make sure there is righteousness in the home one thing I like about um, my eldest home 
is that it's a those who are child the the kids finds it difficult to lie yeah. Very difficult to lie. You know, in our communities as a scientist, there are times you say, oh, say this to cover me. Yeah. But the kid will tell you, no. that is a lie. <laughs> so as a father, you have to let your kids know the right thing. Lie is a lie. Yeah. Adultery is adultery. And then also you are supposed to, as we are in this modern world, help your kids to prevent some of the infuriating uh, information that is getting into their ears via mobile phones, friends, and their community. Social media. Very good. You're supposed to guide your children against that. I think that is a whole topic that we'll be discussing, you know, as time goes on. We will tackle that very well. That aspect of it. Um, briefly, we, uh, we, are, we are almost ending the program. So briefly, Mr. Lambert, um, how, do you, how do you merge your family business? or your family responsibilities and then your personal business, like your work? How do you merge it to? Okay. Thank you so much, Mr. Anaya Abuaje. All right. Yes. You know, relative to the olden days, husband used to work and then the woman would be at home. But in this our contemporary stage, it's like if the husband is working, the wife is also working. Yeah. So at the end of the day, when both of you come to the house in the evening, we all come with our own problems. Mm-hmm. We'll be thinking about our problems in home. The wife will be thinking about hers. The man will also be thinking about his. If this is to persist for a period of time, you're going to set your home ablaze yeah. in a negative way. So how do you solve that? When both of you are leaving the house, mm-hmm. you have to set an agenda to be discussed so that when you are in from your work, you discuss the agenda. If that agenda is being discussed, consequently, it reminds us about our duties so that our business, our personal works do not affect the um, our, our responsibilities. Yeah, our responsibilities. Yeah. So always we need to set an agenda for ourselves to be discussed at home. You know, sometimes people even bring their frustration from the work yes. onto their family, onto their children, or except you know the children does something a little, and then yeah, you see, so they'll be discussing about their challenges at work and, and what have you, and forget about home home duties. Yeah. So you have to set an agenda for yourself for you to be discussed about it. Thank you guys, thank you guys. It's it's once again it's it's time to to bring the program to an end. It's always a pleasure to have you here in the series of AWR, the Adventist World Radio. And I'm also your host, Anayao Abuaji. Uh, we had Mr. Bernard on the show and then Mr. Lambert as well as Mr. Thomas on the show. We would like to meet you again um, next time. See you. Dear friend, we would like to receive your feedback. So call us on the number plus 233 plus Five zero one five six one eight four nine. You can also email us at the address Adventist World Radio GH at gmail.com. Adventist World Radio GH at gmail.com. You can also write a letter to us using the postal address Adventist World Radio Ghana, Northern Ghana Union Mission of Adventists, P.O. Box KS. 17564 Edum Kumase, Ghana, West Africa. Mm-hmm.
We have another segment for you, and that is Present Truth. Dear friend, I welcome you to the Moment of Truth broadcast. I want us to consider why we should not be afraid. Let us pray. Eternal Father, you want to take us through the reasons why we are not supposed to be afraid. I humbly ask that you teach us so we understand, so that we'll be able to apply this to our lives. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Our memory test is taken from the book of Isaiah, chapter 41, verse 10. It reads, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help you. I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. We live in a world that there are a lot of things that are able to make us afraid. But I've come to assure you that God wants us not to be afraid. And so I want to give you some of the reasons why we should not be afraid. The very first reason that I want you not to be afraid is that God's presence secures. From the scripture reading that was just read, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. 
Even a child is not afraid when his father is walking beside him or her. When the father is holding his or her hand, he's not afraid. He feels so much secured in the presence of his father. As Christians and as people that are longing to become Christians, I want you to understand that our Heavenly Father is with us. When we are at work, he's with us. When we are at play, he's with us. When we are in school, he's with us. When we are in church, he's with us. Wherever you find ourselves, our Heavenly Father is with us. And so we don't need to be afraid because his presence secures. We are secure in his presence. The second reason that I want you to note why God's presence is with us is that his peace satisfies. And so for which reason we should not be afraid. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. Millions are unhappy today. Millions are dishappy. They worship the God of temporal pursuits, possessions and pleasures, power and popularity that soon decay are the order of this day. And I want you to understand that God's peace satisfies. The true and living God satisfies the longing of the soul. And so you ought not be dismayed, for God is eternal. And all who trust in him will receive the peace of God. The third reason that I want you to understand why you do not need to be afraid is that God's power strengthens and says, I will strengthen thee. Many Christians run scared because we feel that there are some things that are so scary. But I want to tell you that when we have the power of God with us, there's no power that is able to take us away from the hands of God. Some of God's spiritual giants have been physically invalid. God's strength is made perfect in our weaknesses, and his power is able to give you strength. And so I don't know whatever you're going through. I've come to assure you that God's power is enough to enable you to be able to go over whatever you are going through. And the other reason is that God's provision supplies. He says, I will help thee. Many fail because they try to cope with life's problems all by themselves. You might have tried several years, but I have come to tell you that by your own strength and might, you cannot. You have been frustrated because you thought you could do it all by yourself. But today, Jesus Christ is telling you, fear not because I am with you. The other reason and the last for which I want you to understand why you should not be afraid is that God's promise sustains. He says, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. The Lord will take his children by the hand and guide them. Because you are God's son, because you are God's daughter, God knows wherever you are. He says, even as you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he is there with you. I don't know the challenge that you have this woman. But there's one thing that I know, that the God that I've come to present to you knows wherever you find yourself and is ever ready to help you. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid because Jesus is your friend. I want to believe that you allow Jesus to take charge of your life. I am God's servant, Daniel Uswansa. Amen. We would like to hear from you. So call us on the number plus 233-5015-61849. Plus 233-5015-61849. You can also email us at the address AdventistWorldRadioGH at gmail.com. AdventistWorldRadioGH at gmail.com. 
You can also write a letter to us using the postal address Adventist World Radio Ghana, Northern Ghana Union Mission of Adventists, P.O. Box KS17564, Edum Kumase, Ghana, West Africa. For AWR Ghana, I am Belle. May God bless you.